Okay, check it out. The five day start your side business challenge is happening now. That's right. And you need to hop in. Go to the website, thesidebusinesschallenge.com. That's right. TheSideBusinessChallenge.com. Yes, TheSideBusinessChallenge.com. You need to hop in. I know you've been thinking about it. I know you're talking about it. In fact, you keep talking about it in your head. You ain't said it out loud yet. Listen, it has started now. You need to hop in. If you've been ever thinking about it, trying to understand what you need to do, you need to learn some things. You need to be able to explore. You need space, mental space. I only need one hour for five days straight. It has started. It is time. It is your time. And you need to hop in. TheSideBusinessChallenge.com challenge.com and you can hop in to the five day start your side business challenge jump in let's get it going let's start your world today ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in this is the world according to chris where we are helping people find the perfect side business today's guest i'm super excited about because I got a chance to learn a little bit about our guest and the more that I've looked into what he does, who he, who he is, and more importantly, just the message that he carries, I found out that, you know what, this is probably going to be really good for you and I to just get to know this gentleman. And here's the crazy part. He's dialing in all the way from the Philippines, which is really cool. So I really appreciate his time. Uh, time is short. So without further ado, Here's what I want to make sure that we do. I want to introduce to some and present to others all the way from the Philippines, Don Abad. Don, how are you today, man? I'm doing good, Chris. How are you over there? I am well, man. I am well. Hey, hey, listen. So um, there's a lot of my audience that doesn't know you. Um, if you don't mind, I want to get right into it. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself um, and and share a little bit about like, how you, you know, your, your start, like, where did you grow up? Kind of what was life like in the way that you grew up? And, 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 and we're going to go from there. Cause I got some, I got some really cool things that I want to be able to pull out about your story. Yeah. Well, I always like to preface this, uh, answer with, I wear a lot of hats, but I'm a storyteller at heart. Uh, you know how, when, uh, when you're young, you're always asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that was something that I just never had an answer to because I didn't like to be packaged in a, in a box uh, at whatever society deems normal at the time. So I just was never able to answer that question. I remember there was this uh, one point where I asked my mom, what's a job or a profession or a career where you can basically just hop in and out of different uh, fields at a whim? That that was uh, I, I asked her that in my six year old way or however old I was then. And for whatever reason, my mom said that scientists had the ability to do whatever they wanted. Now, in hindsight, she was probably talking about the fact that there's different types of scientists. But again, my six year old brain, I just interpreted that as, all right, if I'm a scientist, that means that one day I can be a race car driver. And when I got bored of that, I could be an astronaut. When I got bored of that, I could be a scuba diver and entrepreneurship just was never in anyone's vocabulary you know the business world was completely different this was back in the this was back in the, the mid 90s or, or so and even then like i thought that the business world was something that was totally alien to me i was always the creative type always the artistic type so just fast forward a little bit i got a passion for film uh i just took my dad's 
used to take my dad's uh, what we call a VH camera for your younger listeners out there. It's an ancient piece of technology. <laughs> and uh, we'd take, uh, I'd take that VHS camera and I'd cook up some stories in my head and I'd just uh, tape my friends doing these little skits and I just love putting together these visual stories. And that always stuck with me. And later on down the line, oh, actually, I, I want to rewind that a little bit. The a sense of purpose, something that really tied all of these varied interests together that actually gave me direction in life came when I was, oh, I was, a, I was a little kid. I remember I was walking with my dad down the street, and it was one of the, the poor neighborhoods uh, here in Manila, the capital of the Philippines. There was a bunch of uh, chalk drawings and writings on the ground. And I turned to my dad and I said, why are people drawing on the ground? And, you know, this was in you know, these were the lower income uh, communities uh, that we were walking past. My dad said, well, you know, again, speaking to my young mind, uh, he basically said that uh, the kids aren't able to afford paper. You know, they're they're poor, so they have no choice but to draw on the roads. And I just took one look at him for a couple seconds. And then I thought I told him, Dad, you know, one day I'm going to be super rich and I'm going to throw money bags in the street. I just, I just threw it out there, and that really—I always come back to that. It sounds trite, you know, when when I say it, but the fact that I remember it really—I think a lot of what I do stems from that sort of innocent dream, that that sense of idealism I had as a kid, and that's always just stayed with me, and that helped me find direction with everything that I did. It gave a purpose to everything I did, whether it be film, whether it be entrepreneurship, which I uh, discovered down the line, which we can get into uh, later on if you want. Um, but it tied everything together. And ultimately, that became my ethos, which is just to lift other people up, people with a dream, to empower them, to uh, access the tools both within and without in order for them to live a life of success for themselves and additionally lead a life of significance that they don't just chase their own personal achievement but once they achieve that uh, you know that first step of success then they can give back and help other people reach success as well so that's sort of my ethos in a in a nutshell you know i i like you know what you just shared because the the one thing that you know stands out to me is you know, you have a you have a very unique perspective, I think. And sometimes I, I don't know if we we um we ever realize just that our unique journey, if it's mm. shared uh, the right way, could probably be uh, helpful to the person who's building a side business, the person who's a full time entrepreneur. You have a very unique perspective on something and I want you to kind of share it with our audience. You say that the artist and the entrepreneur are yeah. like the frame, the, the, the bedrock of, 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 of real ingenuity and kind of creativity in this world. Talk about like, what do you mean by that? What, what is, what is, a, and in my mind, you know, I think about people like Prince <laughs> when you see yeah. the artist, right? I, I think about, you know, just different people who are really good at um, uh, creativity and then when I first read it and when I saw what you had, I thought about, well, OK, um, I can see how the entrepreneur is also like an artist in, in his own right. Right. Like they're they're creative enough to bring a product or a service to bear that the masses ultimately get. But I 
I, I'm very curious of like what made you what made you pin that? Like what's what's kind of your your understanding there? So artists and entrepreneurs, I like to lump both of these types of people together in a term that I just encompasses storytelling. You know, these people are storytellers. Why? Because artists and entrepreneurs, through their works, through whatever they put out there for the public to enjoy, to consume, it tells a story about humanity. So artists in particular, what do they do? They create works of art, whether it be, you know, uh, paintings and drawings, if you're if you're a fine artist, or film and uh, TV, if you're a filmmaker, and uh, all the way to books, all the way to what, what have you, everything under the umbrella of art, you have to have a certain understanding and insight about what makes human beings tick that go a little deeper than the average person by the average person, I simply mean somebody who doesn't really have uh, that strong uh, artistic bone. If you want to be a successful artist, if you want to have works that resonate, well, you have to understand the human being at a particular core. And the best of artists influence culture. And a lot of people, they tend to believe that, you know, politics shapes culture, when really, politics is just uh, downstream of cultures the other way around, it starts with culture. And artists, I think, are really the progenitors of culture. They, they completely shape the trajectory of civilization because they help us learn more about us through their work. So in a nutshell, that's why I think uh, artists are uh, really underrated, but probably one of the most influential types of uh, uh, people to exist in any given society. Now, on the other hand, you have entrepreneurs. And at first glance, you'd think that there's nothing more different than an artist versus an entrepreneur. But I think they're sort of cut from the same cloth because an entrepreneur is still a creative. You can also use the word creative to lump those two terms together, right? Because they have to think out of the box. They also need to understand how human beings tick so that they can create solutions that haven't been uttered before and fashion it in a way that makes people's lives easier. And if they're able to bring it to market, well, as you know, the greatest products um, ever envisioned in the, in the history of uh, civilization, the modern world, were created by entrepreneurs. I mean, what do entrepreneurs basically do? How do they harness their, their creativity? They solve problems. Their entire, their entire approach to life, the thing that pushes them is to solve problems. It's not just to get money because money is a consequence of being able to solve the right problems. And if uh, politics is downstream from culture, there's actually a bridge between those two, which is the economic level of things. And that's where the entrepreneur comes into play. Obviously, there's a little bit of overlap. Uh, entrepreneurs do influence culture. I mean, just think of the greatest brands ever that have become household names, whether it be Apple or any of the tech names um, at the moment, whether it be fast food chains and uh, what have you, entertainment, media. And the best of both worlds is if artists and entrepreneurs can work together and even better if the artist takes the leap into entre entrepreneurship, because again, both are cut from the same cloth. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because on a personal level, again, I started out as an artist, I discovered the magic of entrepreneurship later on down the road. But as an artist, I didn't know how to monetize my passions. And really, the world around you, traditionally, uh, think of 
think of the, tr uh, you know, the struggling artist. There's a reason the term struggling artist is such a cliche because it's true. It doesn't make it any easier that people around you don't really know the answer to that. We think that to be a successful artist, you have to go through years of the Starbucks barista or the waiter phase doing odd jobs on the side. And then at least in, you know, the case of a filmmaker like myself, do a bunch of PA jobs for a few years and then hopefully cross your fingers, pray about it. But we might one day or one day get our big break in Hollywood. And oftentimes that never even happens. I remember talking to one of my professors in university. He was asking me that same question. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do as a career after after you graduate? I told him filmmaker. And then he said, he took one look at me. Then he says, so you don't want to make any money? And he was saying that sort of as a half joke, but you know, jokes are half meant anyway. So that, uh, I mean, I'm one of those guys who doesn't really get swayed by other people's opinions. So I sort of use that as fuel to push me forward. But still, you know, I think that's indicative of what people think of artists, people who want to get into the creative spaces. Anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent, but uh, that is one of my my missions is to bring awareness to the power of the artist and the entrepreneur to inspire budding artists, budding entrepreneurs, and to hopefully bridge the two together as uh, as we go further down the rabbit hole of this whole topic is um, particularly for artists. How do you actually monetize your passions? Because we need more people there's so many amazing creative minds who aren't able to get their message across, their art across, because they have no idea how to do marketing. They have no idea how to raise capital. They have no idea how to get in touch with the right people to do it. And uh, I believe that uh, I think a lot of people agree that entrepreneurs are huge um, hugely influential in, uh, you know, the the shaping and forming of society. But I think artists are sort of lagging behind on that. And, uh, uh, my goal is just to bridge the two professions together and uplift them both. And that's what I do under the Sovereign brand. Hey, this is Chris Williams. Thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, the one thing I want you to be able to do today is that I know that many of you are trying to figure out how in the world do I go from, I got this idea, I'm kind of sick of my job, but I don't know where to create the engagement. You need to actually start you a side business. And guess what? I'm going to be able to help you out do that. You know what I created? I actually created the five-day start your side business challenge that's right me and you are going to work together for five days for one hour and what we're going to do is we're going to go from thinking about it to actually taking the next step and i'm going to show you some things about leveraging your job that you didn't know i'm going to also show you some things from a tax perspective that you didn't know but here's the other cool part we're going to actually take the, all of the information that's swirling around in your head and we're going to put it to some action. So go ahead and go right now to the website, thesidebusinesschallenge.com. Go ahead and register, get your ticket. I'll see you in. Back to the episode. You know, you, you have a you have a very unique perspective and I, I there's so many, so many things that you just mentioned. Um, I want to I want to talk about, you know, for my listeners here, and when we when we talk about building a side business, you know, can you kind of share what are some of the skills that you feel? And let's let's keep that vein going between the artist, you know, who, who who's who's learning entrepreneurship, learning how to monetize, and the entrepreneur who's got it and they're they're rolling right. What do you think? are some of the, the most important skills that somebody who's listening to this interview right now, 
who might be thinking about building a side business, right? Or they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? That's me. Don's talking to me, right? What do you think some of those skills are that you end up learning along the journey that end up paying you dividends in just, you know, your your journey into learning how to monetize um, by building that 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 side business? Or what are some of the things that you think happen from a personal development perspective as you go down that journey? Because I don't think a lot of times we count um the, the, the intangible change that happens to the person who decides to actually become an entrepreneur. Talk a little bit about that and what you've seen, even from your own personal journey of your, you know, your personal growth to the skill sets that you've you've acquired by by choosing to be an entrepreneur. Sure. Well, I, I like that you uh, brought up the personal development aspect of it, because as Corny as this may sound, it always comes back to mindset. I know people always hear about mindsets, start with why and all that. But really, that really is the anchor that undergirds everything. Because skills without the right mindset, without the right story, without the right purpose is absolutely nothing. It's one of the reasons why, and I'm not knocking on um, universities or academia when I say this, but uh, that's the reason why I think that, uh, you know, if you study a business degree in school, that doesn't grow the entrepreneurial bone at all. It teaches you how to, and I can speak uh, really with credibility uh, when I say this because uh, my wife uh, um, did uh, take a business degree and she fell in love with the idea of entrepreneurship down the road after graduating once she was in the real world and she got she actually um, got into the world of business and started doing her own thing um, that love of entrepreneurship and and uh, you know the the creative muscle the innovative spirit all of that stuff developed after she graduated from college and I don't think she's alone in this uh, I know a lot of people I talk with a lot of people who are also in uh, the entrepreneur game and they say the same thing they say that it's more of uh, when they're by themselves, when they're associating with like-minded people, not necessarily the book smartest people, but just people who have a bright idea, who have amazing ideas for how they think the world should run, or even on a smaller scale, a problem that they see within their community, within their space that they want to solve. And that's not built in a classroom. So I just want to preface it with that. The mindset is everything. You have to be a person who is curious, who wants to learn, and it uh, that has to be coupled with purpose for that curiosity to actually go anywhere. So purpose, we always say start with why, but I think that for most people, it comes easy for me. Um, I guess I'm a rare type, and I don't even say that to, to brag or anything like that. Some people are just born with more clarity than, than others, I suppose. And going back to my story, you know, I, again, as a kid, all of these dreams, these seeds uh, that were planted in me when I was young, you know, it stayed with me all my life. I know a lot of people aren't like that. They come out of school and they have no idea what to do. And uh, they discover later on down the line that they want to start their own thing. And then it's it has nothing to do with whatever they studied in university and they run with it. So start with why. I think that before we start with why, I think we should start with your story. That's the first skill that I recommend uh, that people try people who want to do their own thing and who want to build a brand because nowadays you have to you have to put personal branding at the forefront beginning middle and end of your journey it all it always starts and ends with uh, your personal brand 
to break into the marketplace and to be somebody that attracts the right people to you, you have to be able to articulate your story with clarity, with authenticity, and with confidence. And I suggest that before you try to do anything, before you create your social media accounts for your business or your podcast or your blog or whatever it may be, try to write down that story. Try to go through it multiple times. Ask people who are closest to you, uh, what do you regard as my strengths, my weaknesses, my interests? What do I always talk about with you? That All of that stuff informs your story. Trust me, this is probably the most valuable exercise that you can do as somebody who wants to start even even a side gig. If you want to maintain your passion for that side gig, if you want to achieve success in it, uh, people want to do business with people that they know, like, and trust, especially nowadays in 2022 in the, oh, I hate the term new normal, but I guess that's there's no other way to put it. This is a new normal where everybody is, uh, almost everybody has really turned to the power of the web to do business. And people are much more critical about the people that they do business with. And the ones that they gravitate to are the ones who are able to articulate their brand story the best. Even if you're not the face of your business, your brand, your company, you still have to have a story in place. Why was this company started in the first place? That's what people want to know almost sometimes more than the actual product. Because in this saturated marketplace, there are people, unless you're an absolute genius and you create a product out of nowhere, your product or your service, there's probably somebody else who's doing more or less the exact same thing as you. Why would they pick you over them? It's the story. It comes back, back down to the story. So learn to articulate your story well, and that's what you're gonna be putting out. And I don't wanna get too ahead of myself here, but your story, Elements of it, aspects of it will always shine through every single piece of content that you create. And that's an entirely different skill set is content creation. And it uh, spawns from the skill set of being able to tell your story well. Everything that you articulate through your marketing, through your branding, everything that you do to expand your digital footprint online as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, doing business, using the power of social media and the internet, your story has to be intricately woven into every piece of content that you do. And to have that clarity and consistency and confidence in expressing that story, you have to get it right from the very beginning. Hey, did you know that as employees, there are seven big mistakes that we are all making before getting fired, downsized, or laid off? And I wanted to share those with you and teach you how to level up in your career. You can get that by going to www.twac.live forward slash seven mistakes. You and I have been making some egregious mistakes when it comes to our career, and we got to stop making them. I want to provide you with this context, things that I have learned throughout my career that are going to help you. So go to the website, twac.live forward slash seven mistakes, put in your name and email address and download this free PDF that'll teach you of things that you and I can stop doing and start leveling up our career. Back to the episode. Man, okay, see, we... <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this. So let's, there's somebody listening right now going, Don, this sounds great. Hmm. But my story is boring. <laughs> Who's going to want to listen to me? Right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I just work every day and I got this idea, but Don, who wants to, my story is not that original. It's not that unique, right? What would you say to that person who feels like that? You know, I thought exactly the same 
about my story because I always thought, you know, the people that we look up to in any space, it doesn't even have to be, you know, the, the, the business space, any influencer, guru, famous person that we look up to, um, more often than not, these tend to be the people who have had the hardest backstories, uh, sometimes the, the most powerful of which have some sort of rags to riches journey. And so when we enter the arena, we think that we have to, you know, have gone to hell and back for people to take us seriously, for people to, you know, find us credible. If we're just your average Joe who decided one day that, you know, he wanted to start a farm business, um, that might sound boring to a, a lot of people. And, the, and that prevents them from getting started in the first place, which is already where one of the most common obstacles comes into play is the refusal to start because you think that you're not worthy to be out there in the arena. But I say, and again, speaking from my experience here, you just kind of just have to trust yourself. One of the best lessons that I learned is, uh, and uh, you're familiar with this guy, Steve Larson, uh, one of the, uh, he worked for Russell Brunson for, for ClickFunnels for a time. And uh, he branched off and started doing his own thing, the network marketing space and the uh, offer creation space um, in general. And then he, he always says, that when you start building your brand, when you start building your brand, just the fact that you're one or two steps ahead of a person who could be in your shoes, who or a person who was in your shoes before you started, that's enough for a lot of people. That's enough for a lot of people. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, his name's Mike Wilson. Um, he's also in, uh, in the network marketing space. When we're told to tell our story to prospects uh, before pitching them the network marketing opportunity that we have, the people who, who gravitate the most to us are actually the ones that they can relate with the most. Most people don't have a rags to riches story. Most people don't have that much drama in their lives, but who do they join? Statistically, or I don't know, I just pulled the word statistically out of thin air. I don't even think there's, there's statistics uh, on it. But uh, just for my conversations with all of my mentors, all of my team members within the network marketing space alone, the people who tend to stick with them the most are the ones who basically related to them as a human being. You know, they say, oh, I was I was a lawyer, too, who struggled in the early days, who's a single mother. I mean, that's it. How many single mother lawyers out there? How many single mothers out there? I mean, th there's a lot of people who, through some permutation, are living the same elements of life as you. But the thing is, you just happen to be the next person who, you know, got on their radar and was able to relate to them and hit at certain pain points that they happen to be going through at that particular moment. Then they said, huh, this person is going through or has just gone through what I am currently going through. He or she is no big shot, but I can certainly relate to that. Sure, I'll, I'll go along with this this person. I can, I, can relate, I can relate to their story. I'll start following them on social media. Here's another piece of content that they recently did. I'll listen to this. I'll listen to that. I'll read this blog article. I'll, I'll watch this new YouTube video that they came out with. Doesn't have to be, you know, you attract diehard fans who are worshiping at your altar immediately. You know, even if you just have somebody who likes you enough that they're willing to consume your stuff over and over and over again, then eventually... Um, you find those 1,000 true fans. That's all you need. So just to 
tie a bow around this thing. You know, you don't have to have this amazing, dramatic rags to riches thing. In fact, that turns a lot of people off. That's something I forgot to mention uh, with uh, my mentor in network marketing. He says that sometimes if your story is too dramatic, so if your story seems like it came out of a movie, it's hard to believe. It's exactly that. It becomes hard to believe. A lot of people think, oh, because you're this super amazing person, um, I probably won't really be able to relate to you. Like if you're if you're, um, for example, I'm I'm going to I'm going to stick to the network marketing space here. For example, if you have this super amazing uh, rags to riches story, people will probably be turned off by that because they'll say, you know what, there's no way there's probably no way I can succeed in this thing because you went through so much hardship. Me, I'm just a typical accountant, a, a teacher living in a small town. I, I don't think I have us as, as you know, I don't think I have the same type of gumption and uh, anti-fragility that you do. Therefore, I don't think you're really somebody who um, I should follow because I'm, I'm just going to set myself up for failure if I think that I need to go through the same type of crap that you went through. No, but if they meet a, you know, a fellow teacher who did exactly what you went through, and now they're doing this network marketing thing, and uh, it's made their life so much easier, and that teacher just so happens to be a single mom who's looking for other options to make ends meet, they'll relate to that sooner than they will the person who's been through hell and high water just to get where they are. So I hope that sort of answers your question, Chris. No, it does. And you know, you made me think about something and I just sat here and wrote it down, you know. Um, I think we spend all our days looking and talking to ourselves and other people. Mm -hmm. I think we do. I think we I think we literally go through life, right? We we call that relatability, right? Yeah. But I think from the moment we wake up and go to work and you know, go out and meet people and all the things we do, what we're really looking for is where am I, right? It's like, where's Waldo almost, right? Because to your point, you know, we use words like, oh, that resonated with me. Well, yeah. it was the reflection that you were looking for, right? You're looking mm -hmm. for yourself. You're looking for the piece that you, you can identify with, right? And typically when people say that, it's really they're looking for themselves. Right. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. So I, I want to go back to something that you, you, you were talking about because it ties real perfectly with an episode you did on your podcast. And so I want you to talk a little bit about Sovereign, but mm -hmm. you did a podcast episode in November and you talked about being productive, not busy. Talk a little bit about like why you felt that, that there was a need to to make that an episode and just share like some tips with people because I I, I totally agree. Um and and I and I've and I I will say I think it's a lifelong journey of getting in the habit of what is really productive because I think um to your point, right? Sometimes we think oh it's it's all the hard work, right? Yeah. But one thing that I'm learning, especially from younger folks, they work really hard at just being efficient. So they work less, but they get 10 times more done because they just figured out about efficiency. Right. So they're working hard at efficiency. 
And so talk a little bit about that. Like what, like just talk about being productive in, in, in versus, you know, being busy and, you know, share a little bit about your, you know, your podcast and why you started Sovereign. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I always like to tell people that I am probably the laziest person in the world. You know, if I always try to look for the things that'll accomplish my goal in the fastest possible time with the least amount of effort. And I, I don't really take any pride in that. Although I guess in terms of the fact that I do look for the easiest solutions, if I combine that with a little bit of research, then I guess that could be a strength. And that goes to uh, your point in uh, being productive. So busyness versus being productive. We sort of live in a culture where, especially in the entrepreneur space, where if we're not hustling 24-7 and smiling at the end of the day, we're not doing enough. And I'm not going to name names here, but I'm sure everybody listening knows exactly what I'm talking about with a lot of, you know, the influencers in this space promoting this sort of, um, you know, hustle and grind, sleepless ideal. But I don't believe in that. You already touched on it. It's about working smart in addition to working hard. So really, let's start at uh, the most basic level here. Speaking as a network marketer again, because this is one of this is a space that I'm most familiar with. So uh, apologize if uh, um, if uh, there's something in this that uh, you probably can't relate with, but I think it applies uh, universally. Goal setting, goal setting in network marketing, we're taught is to write out your 100 dreams. And anybody who's been uh, in this industry or is in this industry, um, that's probably one of the first things that your upline tells you is before you do anything else, write down your 100 dreams. So we consider that as part of the checklist, the first thing on the checklist. Now, when it comes to actually doing the thing that makes you money, aka sponsoring the right people into your business and then training them how to do volume and then going out and finding the next person, that's the thing that people actually find it hard to do. People are stuck on the dream building part. And again, speaking as a direct seller, but this applies to everything, the whole topic of goal setting, just because you're thinking about it doesn't mean that it's working out for you. It doesn't bring your dream any closer. It makes your dream brighter. It gives you motivation to go after it. But then you get stuck in analysis paralysis. And then the longer you spend in that little bubble fleshing out your ideal, you know, the brighter the light, the greater the shadow. You know, it, it, it's, it goes both ways. You get motivated um, to chase this ideal that you've painted in your head. But then you paint a picture so big of it that you start doubting your ability to actually you find fruits in, in, in whatever labor you're, you're thinking of putting into it. You know, you get stuck. You start thinking of all the ways it could go wrong, all the problems that you'll probably encounter. And you'd rather stay in that space where you're just dreaming because it doesn't hurt to dream. In fact, it's it's fun to dream. You know, it's fun to dream up your ideal lifestyle, the possibilities that, uh, you know, that, that you can experience both for yourself and your family and anybody else that you want to impact. But one of these days, you actually have to go out there and do the work. Now, that's just the first layer of the onion. Once you actually get into work, this is where you have to be careful of doing things 
that uh, paint you as a busybody rather than somebody who's actually going out there and uh, moving the needle on your business. If we're, again, speaking in uh, uh, terms of being a business owner here. So, for example, the income generating activities that you need to do has to do more than just making you feel good or contributing to vanity metrics. Okay, so, you know, whatever, like what I'm doing right now, this is an income generating activity, not only because it's, you know, it's uh, great marketing mutually for both of us, but I'm also building a relationship with you, Chris. Uh, so for a myriad of reasons, this is um, something that's actually moving the needle forward on my business. It's actually productive. Now, this happens to be one of the hardest things in the world for me, because growing up, I was always the shy kid. You know, I'm not, not a natural eloquent speaker or anything like that. Uh, some some people say that I am, but that's just through trial and error and practice and doing the reps over and over and over again and doing the things that make me most uncomfortable, which incidentally just so happen to usually be the productive things that we have to do. The, the productive things that we have to do usually are the things that we don't actually want to get into. We can write out our goals all day. We can you know, project numbers on a screen all day saying this is what we want to hit by this time, but whatever. But unless you actually go out there and do the things that you're uncomfortable with, you're going to stay busy. You're a busybody. And in fact, busyness is often a shield, a bubble, a defense mechanism that people run to when they're actually scared of getting uncomfortable and doing usually things that are totally new to them, things that are totally uncomfortable and unnatural to them. Like, for example, again, network marketing, whenever, whenever I uh, share the presentation with people, they always say, you know, this is great. I like the results. I like the, you know, the products and all the things that you're telling me, but I am just too busy. We, I always hear that I am just too busy. But uh, are you though? Are you really busy? Uh, how many hours do you spend going, you know, just uh, streaming Netflix and uh, waste wasting valuable time to browsing the web and doing all these unproductive things, you know, and, and you say, Oh, you know, it's for it, it's for my it's for my mental health and for I, I don't know, whatever excuse you want to, you want to put it but you know, the point I'm trying to make here is people hide behind the illusion of being busy, even if they don't really believe it, because, you know, the people that I approach, you know, to potentially be part of my business. These are people who I believe are looking for, um, you know, a, a side hustle. You know, they want to they want a plan B in their lives. And, and, you know, the people that I talk to most of the time, they demonstrate that they do want these results because they express that they're not happy with uh, what, whatever they're doing at the moment. They say that uh, they're looking for other options. But when I actually tell them, you know, what they need to do in addition to the possibilities, that's when they start reeling back and saying, oh, I, I, I don't know if I can do that. I'm doing a bunch of things that uh, would interfere in my schedule if I were to start a new thing, when really they're just being busybodies. I, I, I don't understand people who take pride in saying they're too busy. You know, people don't find time. They make time because you don't find time. It's 24 hours. Everyone has the exact same Everyone has the exact same schedule, you know, so you, you actually have to make time in that schedule and you have to be creative about that. And oftentimes it's uncomfortable, but that's the only way you're actually going to get out there and do the things that you know you need to do, but shy away from. So I know that's sort of broad, but I hope it sort of paint a, paints a picture of uh, the difference between being a busybody and actually doing things that move the needle forward on your goals. Okay, check it out.
The five day start your side business challenge is happening now. That's right. And you need to hop in. Go to the website, thesidebusinesschallenge.com. That's right. TheSideBusinessChallenge.com. Yes, TheSideBusinessChallenge.com. You need to hop in. I know you've been thinking about it. I know you're talking about it. In fact, you keep talking about it in your head. You ain't said it out loud yet. Listen, it has started now. You need to hop in. If you've been ever thinking about it, trying to understand what you need to do, you need to learn some things. You need to be able to explore. You need space, mental space. I only need one hour for five days straight. It has started. It is time. It is your time. And you need to hop in. TheSideBusinessChallenge.com challenge.com and you can hop in to the five day start your side business challenge jump in let's get it going let's start your world today you know I, i'm so glad you brought that up because uh i came into this year for myself as a personal challenge um i one of the things that most people don't realize inherently our brains are lazy our brain mm -hmm. is looking for a routine because the the better routine that our brains get into what happens is it doesn't have to use as much energy. It likes that. So most people, um, you know, it's no different than when you go to work every day, the same way every day, right? That's a yeah. low energy use of your brain because it doesn't have to turn on to know how to get to work. In fact, um, one of the things I always like to talk about is sometimes you've probably been driving to work and you don't even remember getting there. You remember what happened in between because yeah. your brain was off. It didn't need its muscle memory. It's the same trip. Your brain doesn't have to turn on until there's a detour, until the road is sure. shut down. <laughs> right. It's because high usage activity like IE thinking is a very, very high use process of your brain. You are when you when you enter something new, you're having to rewire so I love your point because it is a defense mechanism. It defends our comfort to say I'm busy, right? It defends yep. my, my uh, need to be um, uh, uh, comfortable, my, 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 my desire to you know, push fear as far down the road as I can, right, in my life. And it's interesting because there's been studies that have uh, been done that talk about, you know, when they talk to people at the end of their life and they ask them like, hey, you know, what, what do you, you know, what things do you think about the most, you know, nearing this end? And they talk about the regrets of not doing certain things, not trying that, not sticking with something, you know, um, a little bit longer, right? Um, it's, a, it's, it's a very interesting, um, journey in all of our lives. Cause I think, think about it, Don, we've all said that, right? Oh, I'm too busy. It's like, wait, wait, wait a second. Right. So I came into this year and uh, my wife and I, we were, we were talking about, you know, some of our goals. And I remember the thing that it kept, that I got really frustrated with myself about. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to stop that. And you know how we always talk about, oh, you have so much potential. Well, I am challenging myself. I am, I'm going to stop talking about where I have potential. And I'm going to fill in that gap with the activity so I no longer have that potential I've actually achieved. Because <laughs> I want to end the year with more achieving, whether it's my personal development. And I mean, like, all the way down to how many books I read, what I listen to, um, whether it's my continuing my weight loss journey, whatever the case may be, right? With my business, 
anything. I I don't I don't want to keep talking about the same potential for years. I want to yeah. close the gap with achievement, right? Yeah. Um. So I, I love what you said there. So, you know, you as an entrepreneur, you've been you know, decade or more into you know learning to build a business. Can you talk about your personal development progression in in doing this? What you know, where did you kind of start? And like, what are some maybe some key things that, you know, even you are had to wrestle with, right? Like, where did you have some of your most growth where, you know, in some areas maybe that you didn't you didn't know would have to be tackled, you know, in order to become, you know, a, a, a real consistent entrepreneur um, in, in your own life? What, what were some of those journeys that you've had to deal with? Well, I think. uh you know, taking off from what you mentioned there is getting stuck with the promises of potential versus actually taking action. Mm -hmm. That was that was me for the longest time. And I think that I'm I'm totally not alone in this. You know, so many people, I think most people actually understand and know what they're good at. They actually know what they want deep inside. They just sort of have to face it. I think people shy away from um, from proclaiming out loud what it is that they want to do and what it is that they're good at because they sort of think now they're on the hook because now that it's out there in the ether they actually materialized it so to speak through through words and I, I think that's why affirmations are so important you actually have to um, say say whatever is in your mind and put it out in uh, the universe or or, or pray to, to God or whatever higher power you believe in but anyway uh, that's besides the point um, getting stuck in your potential that is something that really um, slowed me down for the longest time because there were all of these things that I wanted to do. I wanted to make movies and eventually I wanted to start a business and all of that. One of the best things that I've ever done was uh, to seek a mentor for each of these different areas that I wanted to succeed in. And that started early for me. Again, this was uh, actually in university. We, I just so happened to uh, study in a, in a school where there is a mentorship program. There are, Every year, uh, we're assigned to a different professor, and uh, we set a time, and then we sit with them uh, after, after classes or in between classes, and we just talk about whatever it is that, you know, we're struggling with and we're trying to figure out. So it just so happened that um, one of the mentors that I had, uh, I think it was my sophomore year, uh, he, this guy won a million awards. He's really, really, really well known in the theater space. He's a history professor, and he just wins award after award, every single play that he puts out. And obviously, I could totally relate to this guy because he's an artist, but he also totally knows the game when it comes to how to actually market, uh, you know, his, his works and he knows the right people and he knows the process, he knows how the industry works, all of that. And, uh, obviously talking with him for, you know, half a year straight or wh whatever it was. And of course I kept my relationship with him even after, uh, I left school, he was so pivotal to helping me figure out the direction I wanted to go with my, uh, film career. Um, so, after him, I, I continued to seek mentors in the film space, not just in, uh, you know, traditional entertainment, traditional media, but also in alternative and independent circles as well, because, you know, the best way to 
learn how to accomplish your goal and bring clarity to that is by talking to other people who've already done what it is you want to do. And that's why mentorship is so important. And it was, again, crucial, vital for helping me break through barriers, because not only do you learn intellectually, you know, you, it's not only you get the knowledge of knowing what to do next, but you get that emotional support as well. Right. And you get the advantage of being part of that network now. So now, you know, a guy who knows a guy that could help you uh, reach your goals as well. So same with the business space. I'm uh, I'm always looking for people to rub shoulders with not not just mentors, but just like minded people who may just be one or two steps ahead of me. I, this is what I talked about earlier there with, uh, you know, telling your story. Right. If you just. You if you can relate to somebody who is just a little bit ahead of you, just a few steps ahead of you, you'll want to know what that person did to get over those you know that hump that you're currently experiencing right now, the obstacle that you're faced with right now. So mentors, communities, support groups, uh, masterminds, whatever it is, just try to find a person who is within your vertical, within your field of interest and uh, you know, rub shoulders with them, find out what makes them tick. How did they solve their problems? It gives you the knowledge to be able to do so yourself. But I think more importantly, it gives you the encouragement to go on because the worst, our worst enemies ourselves, our mindset always comes back to mindset, like I said, and to buffer that uh, decreasing motivation, we're all subject to entropy, you know, no matter how, no matter how good we are, no matter how smart and motivated and confident we think we are, if you go through life without cont continually, continually giving yourself a burst of positivity, encouragement, you you're subject to entropy, you're going to break down negativity is going to flood your mind and everything that you built up over time is gonna, it's gonna go away. It's just like going to the gym. You know, you can get into the best shape of your life after, after you know, busting your butt in the gym for two years and eating clean and all that. But then when you get out and you, you even if you don't eat like crap, even if you don't necessarily have the worst lifestyle, just the fact that you're completely sedentary, you're going to lose that physique. You're going to lose the health and the wealth and the, the health and the fitness uh, that you built up no matter how good you were in the beginning. So same goes for your personal development, your mindset growth, your emotional growth, your spiritual growth, everything that makes you a human. You need to constantly be on the cutting edge and the way to push yourself to get past these uh, the obstacles that you're currently faced with are rubbing shoulders with people that you can relate with, people who have gotten ahead of you, who face similar challenges, and people who faced other challenges that you can't necessarily relate to, but have a certain perspective on overcoming obstacles that would benefit you in your journey. So just uh, comes down to getting out of your shell and uh, yeah, finding the right people to talk to. Yeah, I, I think the, 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 the key there is there's principles in everyone's story. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes being able to listen to uh, people, to your point, who are a little bit ahead of you, right? You've got to look for those common threads. You got to look for the, the principle, right? Uh, you've probably heard before, you know, eat the fish and leave the bones, right? Um, right, Because yeah. that's the only way we're going to all grow. Uh, man, that, that, that's, that's really powerful of, of, of kind of how you've how you process things, I think, is just really unique. I think it's I think it's awesome. With the last moments here uh, before we wrap up this this interview, which has been really cool, because um, there's so many other things I'd like to build. We're gonna have to have you back. I think that's the that's the key. Um, that would be great. 
the person that's listening to this episode, you know, um, talk to, you know, leave some parting thoughts, leave some things that, um, that would help, you know, the person who's listening to this, that probably is now fired up and like, yeah, you know what? I am going to take that step. Yeah. Right. Yes. I am going to, you know, go try something differently or yes, I'm going to go pursue. And maybe even if I just start with exploring what I'm, what I'm interested in. Right. Yeah. Um, and maybe try to break up my, my, my daily routine, you know, leave, leave our, leave our listeners with something that, you know, um, some motivation or something, you know, from, sure. from Don's playbook, playbook of life. Well, uh, I always say, go back to first principles. That's, uh, that's one of the themes, uh, that I always go back to, um, in my podcast and, and all the resources that I put out there to bring value to people who want to do more and be more in life is to go back to first principles. And those first principles are, are different for, for everybody, or at least the components of those first principles. But I always like to, uh, put it in my, my F triad, faith, family, and freedom always talk about faith, family, and freedom on my podcast, which uh, incidentally is, to me, just just in my opinion, is what makes up a sovereign human being, right? So sovereignty, I think s- the sovereign human being, the idea of it is such an underrated, uh, underrated value that I think everybody should be striving for, embracing your sovereignty, because if you embrace your sovereignty, you're empowered to really tackle whatever it is that you want to do. And sovereignty is a matter of exercising your faith, your family, and your freedom to their fullest extent. So let me just quickly break down those three terms. When I say faith, I happen to be a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm a big, big, big believer that the Lord guides every step that I take. I understand that not everybody has that same belief. However, I still think you can practice your faith by looking outside yourself for guidance. Some sort of higher power. I think most people or it could be wrong, but I know at least a lot of people believe that there is a higher power out there and that, you know, you're really a small fish in an an enormous, not even pond, but an endless ocean. And once you come to terms with your smallness, your mortality, and uh, you realize that uh, there are bigger forces at play, then that'll inspire you to get outside your shell, realizing that there is a grand narrative and you have a purpose in this world. I think faith, you know, just just to put that in in plain English, in case that was a little too um, out there, uh, your faith will inform, I think, whatever purpose you eventually end up with by consulting with the higher power that you believe in, saying God or whatever it is, universe, whatever it is you believe in, whoever it is you believe in, why was I put on this earth? You know, uh, these supposedly gifts that I have, um, how can I use it to to do good? How can I use it to do more than just satisfy my, you know, my superficial needs? How do I actually become, how do I actually live a life of significance? I think faith is uh, a huge part of that. And, you know, there's a lot I can talk about uh, regarding faith, but I don't want to drag this on too long. But that's, in a nutshell, what the power of faith can do in helping you move forward. Family, well, the family is really the linchpin. It's the first community that you have. Everything comes out from your family. And you, and you don't even necessarily have to be married with a with a child, although when I speak about family, I do speak a lot 
to, to people who are married, who are trying to find a purpose. Um, because a, a big part of my audience, by the way, are married entrepreneurs, married creatives and, and married entrepreneurs. So I speak a lot to them. But nevertheless, your family, it starts there and it ends there for a lot of people. That's where you get your first source of motivation. That's where you get your first purpose, you know, to protect and provide and to support your family. And these are the people that ideally you confide with. And let me go a step further and say that your family doesn't even necessarily have to be your biological family. Because I know that a lot of people, they just grow up with uh, parents and uh, family members that they just don't see eye to eye with. Uh, maybe they grew up in a household of abuse. And I don't want to uh, speak out outside of my, uh, my expertise and my experience here. But you also are able to choose your family, the people who are closest to you. And those are the people that you confide with, whether they be your biological family or not. So I think that if you have a core family in place, and if anybody watches you know, the Fast and Furious franchise, you, you know what I mean, right? It's all, it always comes back to family. And uh, that's another huge um, source of motivation. Um, and it really sets up your foundation for everything that you do moving forward. And then finally, freedom. Again, I can totally go on a rant when it comes to freedom, but freedom is just acknowledging that you have the liberty to choose your destiny, to forge your story. There's that word again, creating your story. But it's not just being able to do whatever it is you want to do. Uh, that's a huge misunderstanding of the word freedom. Whenever I say freedom, you know, they think a lot of people think it's this, you know, uniquely American term uh, and that Americans are over overzealous and they pride their ability to just do whatever they want to do without uh, regard for the consequences. It's this, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I can go down a completely different rabbit hole there. But anyway, freedom is not just your ability. It's not just the acknowledgement of the fact that you can make your own decisions and, and forge your own destiny. Freedom is actually it actually comes with a pair which is duty. You cannot have freedom without duty. You cannot have freedom without responsibility. Why? Because freedom is power. And to use the, you know, to, to hearken to the great Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility, right? If you understand and exercise and understand the fact that you are able to do whatever it is you want to do, if you get out of your echo chamber, if you get out of your own bubble and realize the possibilities that we have today in 2022, now that comes with a responsibility to do good by others. Because it's not enough to achieve whatever it is you want. It's not enough to just have success. A life that is successful but doesn't have an ounce of significance in it, I think is an unfulfilled life. And I think that people who accumulate stuff for their own personal pleasure, it can be money, it can be power, it can be reputation, whatever it is. If that's where they stop, not only are they unfulfilled, but they are they know that they're unhappy deep inside. If you want to exercise true freedom, you have to do it. You have to exercise it in service of other people besides yourself. Everything that you're doing has to be in service of others in some way, shape, or form. It can just be for your family. It can be for your community. It can be for the world if your ambitions take you that far. But that's my point. You know, freedom doesn't come, you know, in, in a vacuum. It, it doesn't come by itself. Duty is necessarily there. And if you combine freedom and duty, then the possibilities literally are endless. So, you know, that's, that's really my, my message to everybody who wants to, you know, move on to the next level in whatever endeavor that they have. Embrace your sovereignty. 
embrace the possibilities. And that starts with getting very, very clear on your story as encompassed by those three F's, your faith, your family, and your freedom. Man, well, man, whoo-wee. That, that's why we got to have you back. Um, listen, I, I, uh, I appreciate um, meeting you. More importantly, I appreciate being able to uh, see somebody of like mine uh, who is out here um, doing doing the right thing by by people and and providing hope, right? Providing that that spark uh, that yeah, you know, if, if Don's doing it, then doggone it, I can do it too, right? Um, you you know, one of the cool things that you mentioned there, um, you know, is I think sometimes we we forget about the accountability of 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 our ability to prosper. Right. Um, I think sometimes it's very easy to to fall into to your point to the greed line. Right. Like, well, I got it now, so I'm going to you know, acquire all this stuff. And I, I think I think the way we're built, I think the way God designed us was that we should there's something in us that that's the reason I love the way you put that. It's like, there's a reason you're unfulfilled, even if you acquired everything. It's because yeah. the other half of that opportunity you had in your life to totally transform you and your family's life is being able to serve other people, being able to, right. to be in that position and take care of people. And one of the interesting things, and you've probably seen this even in the Philippines, uh, even for people who, you know, amass whatever, right. End up on some, some road to success. Um, seems like their greatest happiness comes when they figure out a place that they can go serve. I think they've, they finally kind of sure. rounded out their journey, right? They've, they've rounded it out to a point to where it's like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, now, now I know, now I get it. Right. And it might take people a while. That's, that's life's journey. Right. Um, I can't judge anybody's story. They're just, they're in a different chapter of their life than I am. Right. But I think that's the, the cool part about the innate way we were built is just that eventually you realize none of that stuff matters, right? Like, yes, I got it. Yes. I changed my family's life. That matters. Right. But mm -hmm. what really matters is, you know, you know, creating that hope for somebody else. Right. And being, being of service, um, you know, in my entrepreneurship journey. So I just thank you for being of service in your entrepreneurship journey and, and willing to take, uh, what you've learned, right? Being as you, I like as you put that, being a little bit ahead of everybody else, right? And and being able to put that out there. Um, uh, so Don, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here uh, on the on the show today. Thank you. And man, I look forward to seeing uh, many more of of uh, of your achievements. Um, where can people find you on social media? Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity, Chris, because the, the whole purpose that, that I have, it uh, it's reflected in you because you're somebody who wants to give pe people like uh, my, myself a voice um, who has, uh, you know, bigger dreams than uh, the average people or at least had the, the gumption to um, take the initiative and wants to serve as a role model for others. You have that curiosity that I mentioned there at the beginning. And uh, having conversations like this is so valuable because I think that so many people need to hear it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully um, my example, for sure your example, the examples of all the other guests that you're going to have on this podcast 
it's such a valuable contribution. I, I truly do believe that. So thank you again uh, for this opportunity. And uh, on the same uh, line there, in, I love giving value to people. The best way I can do that uh, for your audience is through my podcast. I have two. Um, my flagship show is Sovereign. You mentioned it there earlier. So you can find it on any podcatcher out there. Uh, you can also look it up on YouTube, the Sovereign Podcast, where you can check out a lot of the interviews that I do with other influential figures from different walks of life. I throw in a little bit of social commentary every once in a while. So that's Sovereign. Uh, my second podcast is called Your Sovereign Downline. And this is specifically for those of you who happen to be in the network marketing industry and you want to learn more about the mindset of the game and using internet marketing strategies to grow your uh, home-based business in the 2020s, right? Using social media and all the tools we have at our disposal today. So that's your sovereign downline. Uh, again, all podcatchers, uh, you can uh, uh, find the show. And other than that, if you want to reach me directly, the best way to do so is uh, through my IG. You can reach, you can find me at uh, at real Don Abud, at real Don Abud. I answer all messages unless you're a spammer or a scammer. <laughs> I answer everything, so reach out to me. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for being here today, and uh, man, much success to you in the future. Oh, thank you again, Chris. Hey, this is Chris Williams. Thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, the one thing I want you to be able to do today is that I know that many of you are trying to figure out how in the world do I go from, I got this idea, I'm kind of sick of my job, but I don't know where to create the engagement. You need to actually start you a side business. And guess what? I'm going to be able to help you out do that. You know what I created? I actually created the five day start your side business challenge. That's right, me and you are gonna work together for five days for one hour. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna go from thinking about it to actually taking the next step. And I'm gonna show you some things about leveraging your job that you didn't know. I'm gonna also show you some things from a tax perspective that you didn't know, but here's the other cool part. We're gonna actually take the, all of the information that's swirling around in your head and we're gonna put it to some action. So go ahead and go right now to the website, thesidebusinesschallenge.com. Go ahead and register, get your ticket. I'll see you in. Back to the episode.